Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. Praise God for that. I want you to grab your Bibles, and I want you to go to uh, Matthew chapter 19. Go to Matthew chapter 19. As you're going there, can you look at your neighbor and tell him you look fantastic this afternoon? Come on. Come on, tell somebody they look good around you. Look at your option number two, the person you didn't want to turn to the first time around, and tell them you look good too. Come on. <laughs> you look amazing. Anybody love Amor? Amor up here in the front row. She's a legend. That story that you just heard of Heather when she was in a tattoo shop covering some of the scars of her past. It was a Morris tattoo shop on South Beach. She invited her to church. Come on, this is an evangelist, an absolute legend doing amazing things all over the world. And so we've been in this series called Heart for the House. And uh, all throughout the month of October, we said we're going to get eyes off of, off of us. And we're going to put our eyes on how we can be a blessing to others. All year long, we talk about different um, series and different teachings throughout Scripture that focus on what God wants to do in us. And that's great. Uh, but for this month, we kind of just want to say, God, what do you want to do through us? And so we've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. We talked about why we sacrifice on week one because we understand the weight or the responsibility of blessings. Uh, last week, we talked about why we worship. We worship because God has been so good to us and forgiven us. His grace is so amazing. Come on, we'll break open the alabaster jar and we will worship God with everything. And today, I just want to kind of read out of Matthew chapter 19, a story that kind of uh, gives us a picture of why we understand why we have a heart for this house. Before we read Matthew, I want to read from 1 Timothy 6, 9, uh, 17 through 19 really quick. Just kind of like this is what been our base passage for scripture for the series. Paul tells Timothy, hey, tell those in your church or command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in. Oh, come on. PM. Come on. To put their hope in. Come on, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they'll lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so they may take hold of that which is truly life. Paul says, hey, if they want to know what life is for real, tell them to be generous in good deeds. Go to Matthew chapter 19 where you're at. If you don't have a Bible, share with the person next to you. In Matthew chapter 19, Jesus, he's been talking for a little bit. And uh, all of a sudden, he gets approached by this young guy. This story is found in three other Gospels. And the young guy, we're told, is a guy that has influence and has money. He's known as the rich, young ruler. He approaches Jesus. And in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16, it says, Just then, a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Well, why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. The guy goes, okay, which one's Jesus? What commandments should I keep? Jesus replied, well, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and your mother and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, all these I've got. He's like, I got them, got them, got them. All these I've kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? And Jesus answered, well, if you want to be perfect then, 
go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven then come and follow me look at verse 22 it says when the young man heard this he went away sad because he had great wealth he had great wealth out of matthew chapter 19 as we're talking about the heart for the house series why do we have a heart for this house uh, we're going to continue the series for the next couple weeks and then we'll move on to our holiday series and all that um today i want to talk to you from this subject if you're taking notes 1 p.m i know it's a bunch of note takers and all of you lean in i love this service i want you to write this down i want to talk to you from this subject this is real life this is real life can you can you high five two people around you and tell them this is real life this is real life come on this is real life come on let's pray why don't we bow our heads close our eyes let's pray ask God to help us and then I'll talk for a little bit about Jesus and then we'll worship him give him our offering praise God to have an amazing day father we thank you for your goodness for your grace for your love toward us and with us. We pray that you would have your way here in this service, Jesus. Thank you for the amazing day we've had so far. God, we pray that you would open up our eyes, lift up our heads. If anybody walked in discouraged, down and out, I pray that they will find strength in you today as we talk about you. Jesus, you are good and you're worthy to be praised. It's in your name that we pray. All of God's people say. Oh, come on, all of God's people say. Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on, make some noise. I love it. I think all of humanity, all of humanity is, is after something. Every single human being is trying to grasp something. We're trying to build something, attain something. I really do feel all of us are in search of something. And here we are in our lives in a pursuit of happiness, success maybe. For some people, fame, riches. For others, family, love, peace. But we're all trying to, to go after something. I think we all try to build things, but we all try to catch things. But sometimes you fail at attaining what you were after. The other day, me and Diana, I shared a couple weeks ago, we moved into a new place. And, and I shared how I hate moving. I don't like moving days. You all trucks, boxes, and all that clutter. I don't like it. Anybody, anybody else like me? Anybody hate moving days? Come on. Don't like it. And uh, I, thought, I thought the pain was over once we, we moved in. But then I realized after you move in, you, you have to build. You have to build a whole lot of furniture. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, you got to start building Ikea furniture that nobody knows how to build. I'm sorry. You have to start building, building, building. So the last couple of weeks, it's been all building, all building. And this past week, we were preparing for some family that's staying with us. And, and so I had to go to some of the, the other rooms that we hadn't really built anything yet. And I had to put up curtains. Now, I'm not, I'm not a handyman, okay? I'm not a handyman. I'm not a, un handyman. I'm not a, I'm not a handyman. Okay, Anybody, any handyman in here, handyman or handy women, make some noise. Come on. Wow. Okay, you got a lot of handy people. Mo, you're a handyman. I didn't know that. Okay, so we got a lot of handy, we got a lot of handy men and handy women. That's not me. That's not my strength. And it's, I feel the judgment coming at me right now. Don't judge me. Okay, but, but that's not my strength. I don't like it. Um, you know, for example, Ryan. Ryan is an incredible uh, drummer, but also an incredible handyman. That man will build anything. He will build a spaceship in 30 minutes and go to the moon. Like, Ryan's awesome. By the way, he's single. And I'm just saying he's an incredible man of God and a bachelor. Anybody love Ryan? Make some noise for Ryan. And... Um, I'm putting up this curtain and I struggled with one curtain for like 45 minutes. 
and I'm there trying to put the anchor to the wall, like I said in the instruction booklet. I usually don't read the instruction booklet, but because I really want to put this thing well, I'm there struggling with it the entire time. And I'm like, where's Ryan? I'm not a handyman. Somebody call Ryan. I can't do this thing. I'm trying to build this thing for 45 minutes only to find out I failed epically. Failed. Failed. I don't know how to build. Call somebody else. That's not me. Sorry, babe. No curtains in the room. <laughs> Sometimes you're after something only to realize you failed. I remember when I was in youth group years ago growing up in church, one of my friends, he was like really in love with a girl from our youth group. Like he was in love, like in love, 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 love. And uh, we all kind of knew like he didn't have a chance. We're like, no, like, nah, just, just don't. And he's like, ah, I got it. I got it. She's digging me. <laughs> And uh, he's like, oh, I got it, man. I'm ready. I can imagine our wedding day. It's going to be amazing. He was trying to pursue her and catch her attention. And we're going to have so many kids. They're going to be beautiful. And all of us were like, ah, yeah, like, just leave her alone. Like, just don't. She's, I think she's good. Now she's staring at me, man. She stares at me. She's staring at you because she thinks you're a creep. That's probably why, right? <laughs> I remember the day he tried to, uh, like, step up to her and talk to her, ask her out on a date. She completely denied him. And he failed. Epic. He was in the friend zone for the rest of his life. Come on, that was, that was his thing, right? He was trying to catch something only to end up failing, fail, epic, epic, fail. Have you known somebody has ever tried to build something, do something, catch something only to fail? I think, I think, I think that happens to humanity a lot. I think a lot of us, we're, we're out to try to build something, to try to catch something, attain something in life, only to realize we failed in our attempt to find out what this life is really all about, right? People are pursuing all kinds of things. People are pursuing all kinds of status, money, salaries, careers, thinking that that maybe is what life is all about. And then we come to realize, whoa, maybe what I was trying to hold on to, that's something that I was holding on to, it's really nothing. Like this isn't real life. This is not what can really satisfy my soul. I thought that by getting the house, the career, I thought that by getting the wife, the husband, I thought that by getting the dog, no cats, nobody likes cats, but I thought that by getting all these things, I, I would make it. I thought that, I thought that being in church would be okay. I come to church every single week. I thought I would be all right, and I thought that was real life, but I think so often we kind of find out that you can do all those things and still have nothing, still have nothing. So what is real life? And I've heard people say all the time, like, Alex, Alex, I got life, man. I'm good. I don't need God. I'm good. I live life to the fullest, right? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm living life to the fullest. Come on. I got money. I got a career. Some other people that are in church, I'm like, I'm good. And I've heard them all the time, like, Alex, I'm good. I got life. Look at the car I got, the house I got. God has blessed me. <laughs> Why does everybody talk like that? Me. <laughs> I've got it. I'm serving on Dream Team. Like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, wait, is that real life? Is that all that life is to just get your career, get your degree, get a relationship, get married, and then be in church on Sundays? Like, that, that's cool. I'm not against that. Cool. Well, let's all come to church. I, we're here. <laughs> um, get money, degrees, all that. But, but is that real life? And so that's the question. I'm proposing to all of us as we are having this conversation on why we have a heart for the house. And I started thinking, wait, that, that is, that's not real life. You can do all these things and still miss out on what real life is. And so what is real life? And I started thinking, well, real life then 
it's, it's really, really personally knowing the God of the church, knowing the God of this world, knowing the God of this life. I'm good if I got possessions. I'm good if I got the house, the relationship, the dog, the wife, the husband. I'm good if I'm on dream team. I'm, I'm good if I'm in church. But if I don't know the God of the church, if I don't know the God who's given me all these things, then I'm missing out on what real life is. Real life is to know God, to walk with God, to talk to him. Come on, to walk hand in hand with him, to be able to talk to him every single morning and every like that's that's real life that's what real life is i started thinking i could i could attain all these things i can build this thing but but i still can miss out on real life and so i started thinking real life is not having a bunch of goods that are great but but real life is having a good great god that's real life i got i got god he knows me and i know him anyone know what i'm talking about Hey, that's real life. And so I'm, I'm reading Matthew, right? I'm reading Matthew chapter 19. And I've heard this story before. I grew up in church. I've heard this story a million times. But it was super interesting this time when I looked at it and I picked up on something. I just thought Jesus was genius. And here, he, he's really teaching us what real life is. Because Jesus, Jesus had been talking about life for a little while now. And, and after he's about done, this young guy approaches him. A young guy. He's known as the rich young ruler in other gospels and what that meant was that he was probably a Pharisee, a ruler, meaning a Pharisee. He, he knew his religion well. He was a religious guy, young guy, looked good. He had the cleanest robe. He had a Gucci robe. Come on, somebody. He, he, he was wealthy. He, he, uh, back then, wealth was a symbol that you were really good with God. He probably looked like, like Kevin up here. He's tall, handsome, Brazilian. Come on. It's a good-looking guy. And, and I think he's single. Come on. God, he's a good man of God. And, and, and tall, handsome, and, and wealthy. And, and he, he looked like he knew what real life was. I'm good. I go to synagogue. I read the Torah. I, I, I'm wealthy. I got possessions. I'm, I'm good. And so he approaches Jesus because, remember, they're always trying to question Jesus and catch Jesus. He approaches him. He's like, Jesus, um, good teacher. Another, another gospel says that he calls him good teacher. He says, what good things do I need to have eternal life? Now, Jesus, Jesus is awesome, right? Jesus flips it on him. Jesus goes, why do you call me good? Now, now Jesus is not telling him he's not good. Jesus is not, like, he's not asking that to say, I'm not good, why are you calling me good? Jesus is asking him that so that he could take a moment and think about what is good. Why do you call me good? What's your definition of good? Because this young guy, in his mind, he has an idea of what good is. And because he's good in his mind, he knows what real life is. And so he's like, good teacher. Jesus is like, why do you call me good? Do, do you know what good is? Why do you call me good? You, you want eternal life? You want life, real life, fulfilled life? Oh, fulfill all the commandments then. Jesus now is going to begin to test them. And he's like, oh, all the commandments? I got them. Which ones? Oh, don't commit murder. Honor your mother and father. Don't commit adultery. He's like, mm, 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 mm. Got, got it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm A's across. I mean, I'm good. Check, check, check. Done. Got it. I'm good. He thinks he's good according to his own measurements. Yeah, I follow all those commandments. And so then Jesus, Jesus, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I love Jesus. Jesus is like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to give you one more. Go and sell everything you have and go give it to the poor and then come and follow me. How did he react then? Yeah. Look at no Jesus. 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 Oh my you. This is crazy. 
right? He's just like, I can't believe this. Like, wait a minute. Like, I can't do that. No, I'm not going to do that. You know what Jesus was trying to show him? Are you really good? You think you're good. Are you really good? Because on the outside, it looks like you meet all the requirements of good. But deep down inside, you still have greed in your heart. Like Jesus wasn't telling him, go be poor and then come follow me. The, the point of the story is not be poor. It's not, hey, let's all go sell our stuff and be poor. Bless Jesus. That's not the point of the story. Right? That's not what Jesus is trying to say. What Jesus is trying to say is, if you think you're good because you meet requirements, I can pull out another requirement that you will never meet. Because the only way to be good is to be with God. Because God is the only one that gives grace. God is the only one that can help us. God is the only one that can heal our broken heart. And it doesn't matter how good you are on the outside, there's still some fixing on the inside that needs to happen. Are you sure you're good? You're sure you know real life? Because there's still something missing on the inside. You got the relationship, you got the career, you're teaching at Miami Day College, you got all these awards, but I'm still not satisfied. I still feel like, I, I love how Manny put it in the video. God was tossed out to the side. I'm good, I go to church, I sing the songs, oh praise the name, that's my favorite one. <laughs> I love it, I'm in church, I serve, I got my wife, got my husband, but where is God? Because as long as God is not the good in your life and you have other goods before him, you don't know what real life is. And I'm like, God, what, what is real life? I need a redefinition because I can look good on the outside but still be missing God on the inside. And so for all of us here, today where we celebrate heart for the house we look forward to it all year long for us we're really excited about it because we realize that it's in the house that we found out what real life is it's in this house where we realize i was broken and far from god but there's a god who loves me so much that he sent his son jesus to come and die for me on the cross this is why we celebrate this is why we give this is why we give god some worship because we were lost and confused come on all of us were far from god but in the house god met us in the house god confronted us in in the house he saved us in the house he healed us in the house he freed us in the house he delivered us in the house he gave us life and he gave us real life come on if you're thankful can you give God a big praise this afternoon come on he showed me what real life really is you heard story after story today I, I finally now realize what real life is I thought it was my, my friends in the street like Miguel said, I thought it was people out there who had my back, but really my best interest wasn't in their mind. I maybe thought that it was alcohol or liquor. I thought that by coming to church, I was going to be okay. I thought that by being a successful person on the outside, getting awards and being recognized, that's life. I got the marriage. I got it all. That's life. No, I found out in the house there's a better life. You can have all those things, but still have a better life. Have a fulfilled life. Paul tells Timothy, hey, command your church, people in your church, hey, that's good. You, you got blessings, enjoy them. But don't forget, be generous. Don't forget, live the life that is truly life. When he says that word life there, the word in the Greek is the word zoe. Zoe. <laughs> zoe. Zoe. You know what that means in the Greek? It means vital life and a full life. That's why when Jesus came in John 10, 10, he says that the enemy comes to, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I come that they may have life and have it to the full. Wow, there's, what is life? What is, what is the, 
Like, this is real life. It's life to the full in him. It's life. It's waking up and, and saying, I may not have everything I want, but I have everything I need in you. I have peace. I have love. I have hope. I got air. I got another tomorrow. Come on, I got another day full of grace. I got another day full of compassion. I got another day full of his mercy. I got another opportunity to praise his name. Come on, if you're grateful, give God one more praise with all you got. This is real life. Life and life to the fullest. So why do we give? I'll share with you three quick reasons, and then we'll praise God. We'll give God one more worship, and um, then we'll have an incredible rest of our day. Why do we give? Why do we give? Some of us, you heard our stories, and you know where we come from. Why, why are we here? Why do we give? Well, number one, God is honored when we give. It honors God when we give. Some of us, we realize where we could have been. We realize where we should have been. And every single time we give of our time, every single time we give of our resources, our gifts, God is honored. And so the rich young ruler, he could have said, like, I, I, I'm honoring God. I'm honoring God. I got it. I'm honoring God. I go to synagogue. I know the Torah. I got all the Ten Commandments down. Peck. But was he honoring God? When Jesus tested him in one area of his heart that he still hadn't given over to God, he walked away sad because he had great wealth. In other words, he honored his wealth more than he did God. Nothing wrong with having the wealth, nothing wrong with having the possessions, as long as the possessions don't have you. Jesus was testing him, and he's like, oh yeah? Go sell everything, give it to the poor and follow me. Like, I'm, am I really first in your life? It's not be poor, it's am I first in your life? It's not go sell everything and live on the street, no, no. Am I first in your life? And so a lot of us, I think we, we put God first in a lot of areas of our life. I put him first in my prayer life. I wake up in the morning. I love Jesus. I love, love it. I sing in your hands every morning. I, in the shower too. I love it. Um, I, I, I worship God. I come. I serve on dream team. I, I don't commit adultery. I don't murder. I don't my, yeah, but am I still first in your life? Like what area in our heart is God still not honored in? And so a lot of us, we give today because we realize it honors God. He's honored when I give. I'm putting him first. When I give, I'm saying, God, you're Lord and Savior of my life. You are the King of Kings. You are first in all I do. You're first in my thinking. You're the first stop when I wake up in the morning. You're the last stop when I go to sleep at night. I honor you with my time because you gave me time. I honor you with my gifts because you gave me those gifts. I honor you with my finances because you're the God of the finance. I, I honor you because you rescued me. I honor you because when I was in gangs and I thought that dad could rescue me, there's a one true God that got me. When I was watching a YouTube video in my house and there on YouTube, God can save a soul. Come on, God will do it all. This is why I honor God. This is why I give God my time, my resources, my gifts because he's been so good to me. How can I not give him? Why, why do I have a heart for this house? Because it's in this house that I found the God of the house. I know there was a God out there, but when I got to the house, I found the God that we were talking about in this house. I have a heart for the house because when life, all it did was give me scars, somebody invited me to the house and it's in the house where I found the God who can really save. It's in the house where I found what life really means. And so we give. We're a church that gives of our time. We're a church that gives of our gifts. You see it, we got over 300 people on Dream Team and maybe some people don't get it. How come? 
Can I tell you, we need a whole lot more because we need to tell this city about Jesus. We need to tell Miami there's a God who loves them. We need to get people on board and say, I'm here. I'm committed to build the house. Come on, this is how we honor God because it pleases God when we honor him. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16 says, And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. He's pleased when we sacrifice. He's pleased when we give him everything. God, this is yours. You're first in my life. So we honor God that way. The second reason why we give, and we're about to finish, if the keys can come up, and uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up quick. The second reason why we give is because it opens up our heart. Our heart is open every single time we give. It reminds us to live with an open heart. Like, if God did this for me, how can I live life with a closed heart? How can I live life with a closed hand? and not be generous and not help others. When I realize what he's done in my family, when I realize what he's done in my marriage, when I realize what he's done in my children, how can I not open up my mouth and share? I'm gonna open up my heart and make sure it connects with my mouth. I'm gonna open up my heart and make sure it connects with my hand. I will get serving, I will get building, I will go and move the kingdom forward because I realize that the God of this house showed me what real life is. Come on, if you've been given real life, can you give God a big praise? Come on, I've been given some real life. It opens up my heart because all of life has taught me to live life with a closed hand. Come on, that's what life teaches us. I got nephews and nieces. They're tiny. Small little nephews and nieces. I got one that's about three years old. Her name is Penny. She's, she needs Jesus. Pray for her. I go to my sister's house sometimes. I'm like, Penny, how you doing? Oh my God, you got a new toy. It was awesome. She's like, mine. I'm like, okay. Penny, I'm 35. I don't need your toy. She's like, I'm a grown man. I'm just trying to like be friendly with you. And she's like, mine, mine, mine. I'm like, keep your toy. I don't care. <laughs> but, but, anybody got little kids? Isn't that what they, like, that's like the first words they say is mine, mine, mine. And Penny's walking all over the house. Mine, mine, mine. I'm like, okay. If we're not, if we're not careful, that, that same idea will carry over to our adult life. It's mine, mine, mine. Hey, come on, let's build the church and let's move forward. We're going to build campuses and we're going to tell people about Jesus. Come on, why do you, hey, can you help us out? Some people get here at 6 a.m. to start turning on lights and all that. Can you do that? No, it's, it's my time. And um, yeah, no, it's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Um, no, I'm, I'll let somebody else do it. Like, we all do that. Hey, it's time to go and it's time to give and we're going we're to launch Heart for the House. And come on, if we can all sacrifice together, sacrifice together and build the church. Mine, mine, it's my money, it's my money. My money is my money, my mind, and my mind, and my money is mine. And I get it. Like, life has taught us to live with a closed heart. The heart is connected to the hand, so we live with a, with a closed hand. It's mine. It's mine. I got I to gotta look out for me, man. I got to look out for my family. I got to look out for my house. But when I realized that, that I was trying to build, catch, when I was trying to go after everything that this world offered, it never really blessed my life. It never blessed my heart. It never satisfied my soul. 
I gave myself to relationships. I gave myself to the streets. I gave myself to drugs. I gave myself to awards. I gave myself to status. I gave myself to careers. I gave myself to degrees. I gave myself to all these things only to find out it left my heart broken. It left my heart thirsty. It left my heart wanting. But when I met the one who gave me real life, how can I not open up my heart? How can I not open up my hand? How can I not say we got to tell more people about Jesus? How can I not tell the other Manny and Siri that are living in this city? How can I not tell another Heather that's out there in the streets that there's a God who loves her? There's a God that's for her. How can I not go out and tell another Miguel? You don't have to give your life to the streets. You don't have to go and join a gang. You don't have to go to drugs. You don't have to live life depressed or discouraged. We got the answer. We got the solution. His name is Jesus. I'll live with an open heart all the days of my life. It's telling Miami there is a name above all other names. His name is Jesus. Come on. On, somebody give him a praise come on we'll give it all for Jesus and I'll live life with an open hand and I'll, I'll make sure that I'm not building my treasures here on earth but I'm living real life Jesus says in Luke chapter 12 verse 15 watch out be on your guard against all kinds of greed because life does not consist in the abundance of possessions Life is not about how much I have. And so every time I open up my heart, I realize life is not about this. Give it to God. I said, life is not about mine, my mind. Give it over to him. Last but not least, number three, we give it because it honors God. We give it because it opens our heart. And last but not least, every single time we give of our time, our resources, the church advances. We do it because the church advances. For me and Diana, this is why we do what we do because... It's in the house that we found purpose. It's in the house that we found destiny. It's in the house that we found calling. And we see what it does in other people's lives. So we give. We give of our time. We give of, we give our lives for this. Because we see how it's helping so many people in this city. I love that way Manny put it. He goes, no, forget that. It helped people like me. We are those people that need it. We're the people that need God. We're the people that need his presence. We're the people that need his grace every morning. There's not one perfect person in this place. There's not one person that wakes up in the morning and says, I'm good. I'm good, God. I don't need no more mercy. I don't need no more compassion. I'm good. I met all the required. Are you good? You know what real life is? Waking up and saying, I need you, God. Because my money won't do it. My relationship won't do it. Nothing can do it except you. You come and you satisfy my soul. And I found that in the house. I know if, if we were to go around this whole auditorium, every single service, every location, we would have story after story after story of so many people that found God in the house. Because the doors were open, the music was loud, and people were able to come in here and through the preaching hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single time they encountered a dream team member out in the street smiling. Every single time they found somebody in the cafe serving them with joy. Every single time they went to a connect group and they found community and it helped them when you were going through a separation. It was there that you realized God is good. I've been giving my life to my business. I've been giving my life to all these things. But I found God in the house. And we have to move the house forward. And we have to tell people about Jesus. All of us doing this. Finding real life talking about real life the church advances and so we're going to advance our church today i don't know where you find yourself i don't know where you're at but 
But today we realize this is why we give of our time. This is why we give of our finances. This is why we give of our gifts, our talents. Because we found real life in the house. Come on, anybody grateful that you found real life? For some of us, for some of us, it was years ago that we walked into the house of God. For me, I was, I was eight years old. I grew up in church. My parents were like assistant pastors and they were always helping out around church activity. And I grew up in Hialeah. Come on, Hialeah one time. And um, I remember I had no option as a kid. Like I had to go to church. That's the kind of house I grew up in. Like Sundays was church. Doesn't matter, nothing else. Sometimes I'll fake like, like I'm sick because I didn't want to go to church. And my mom's like, don't worry, Jesus will heal you in service. Go and so I had no option. I would go to church. And I remember one time being eight years old. I was eight years old and I was sitting kind of like where Nelda is. I was like in the, the second, third row of the church that we used to go to in Hialeah. And um, the pastor is giving the gospel message and he's doing the altar call at the end of service. I was eight years old, but, but I still remember to this day that I understood what he was saying, that we're all sinners and that we need Jesus. I was eight years old and I still remember to this day leaning over to my mom and telling her, Mom, I, I want Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want him to come inside my life and I want him to be Lord. I still remember that moment. And she's like, raise your hand then, raise your hand. I'm like, I will, I will, I will. And I remember when the pastor made the call, I raised my hand right where I was at. And at eight years old, I made a decision to follow Jesus. I'm not saying it's been easy. There's been years then when I got in my teenage years and all that where I wanted to rebel and I wanted to run away and I wanted nothing to do with Jesus. But I found out that Jesus is the only one that gives real life. And so I thank God for the house of God because it's in the house of God that I found the God of the house. Come on, it's in the house of God where I found peace. It's in the house of God where I found life. It's in the house of God where I found mercy. It's in the house of God where we found destiny. Come on, if you're grateful for the house of God, can you give them a praise? It's where people get delivered. It's where lives are changed. It's where people are transformed. It's where people find purpose in the house of God. God, thank you for your house. Come on, with eyes closed and head bowed all over this place. Father, thank you for your house. Thank you that in the house we found what real life means. Some of us found it 30 years ago. Some of us found it 15 years ago, 10 years ago. Some of us found it three, four years ago. Some of us found it two weeks ago. But it's in the house that we found out real life it's not in having possessions, wealth, dreams, aspiration, goals that we meet here on earth of a house, a car, all that. All that is good. But real life is that those goods don't own you. That they don't have first place in my heart. Real life is living for so much more than the here and the now. And so God, we're grateful. And we give everything that we have, our time, our gifts, our talents, our finances, our tithes, our offerings, we give it because we want to honor you. We want to live with an open heart. And we want to move the church forward so that others may know you.